Phil, that was uh, Miranda McPherson, uh, originally from Australia, now living in uh, Northern California. Um, very, uh, you know, you can tell a lot of, about a person by their voice, they say. Uh, please don't hold that against me, anyone. <laughs> uh, but uh, she had a very, very uh, pure sounding voice. And I'm not the most intuitive person in the world, but my intuition told me she was uh, extremely sincere. Oh, I feel the same way. You could tell that in her voice. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's like, I, but you know, you never know because I remember what Mel Brooks once said when asked how you get ahead in Hollywood. He said, the most important thing is sincerity. If you can fake that, you got it made. <laughs> no, that is a great line. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think she's uh, deeply sincere. She sounds like she really cares about her work and uh the people she works with and um yeah yeah it was interesting what she said about a course of miracles she was very honest it was it was tough reading at first and i've never yeah, gone through yeah. the whole book a whole book but i've gone through parts of it and i i would agree but it's also uh, uh you know uh, very insightful it's helped a lot of people we've had marianne williams on a number of times uh yeah joe and of course she's somebody who has been a teacher of the course of miracles for many years let, let me ask you this this is a question i had uh, you've been to Sri Ramana Maharshi, Ramana Maharshi uh, cave in India. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Where is oh, it? What is oh, it like? Man. Well, you know, uh, Ramana Maharshi was you know one of the great saints, yogis. When, when did he live? Um, the first uh, part, half of the 20th century. He died in 1950, and um, was uh, not that well known at the time in the world, but uh, known more than most yogis of that era because people had written about him and gone to see him. Anybody, and, and well, I, I don't have to go into the whole story, but um, the town of Tiruvannamalai in South India, it's about, you know, the nearest big city is Chennai or what used to be Madras in his day. Um, and he, came there as a young uh, man, as a young uh, uh, sort of seeker renunciate and attained his uh, enlightened status on the sacred hill, small mountain called uh, Arunachala, which has you know, been sacred for centuries and held to be the sort of abode of Shiva and all that. And he lived in uh, in a, a cave on that hill and eventually you know people would come to him and everything and eventually people uh created an ashram around him at the foot of the hill and uh that's where he spent the last years of his life and becoming a legend and the ashram is now bigger and it still exists all these years later um, and Tiruvannamalai is a, a pilgrimage place. Uh, it was before, but especially after uh, with Ramana Maharshi and the ashram built uh, for him and around him. And so people go there and in the last uh, 15, 20 years, it's been a sort of almost like Rishikesh in the north, uh, a sort of Mecca of uh, Western seekers as well. And um, 
I was there by myself in I don't know, 2007 or something, and I was just back earlier this year with uh, one of my uh, uh, American Veda tours. And so the whole group walked up the hill, uh, which is now you know nicely uh, attended to and maintained. And you can sit, and there's uh, two caves, one where he, well, there's two of them, and, and you can sit in them and meditate in them, and it, it can be crowded at times and empty at other times, and people are all quiet and silent. And it's uh, quite a uh, lovely experience, uh, as is being in the ashram uh, itself and in the meditation hall and the shrines to Ramana Maharshi and all that. But apparently uh, Miranda had... Uh, a big awakening experience sitting in in that mm -hmm. cave and it is quite powerful it's like a you know it's it's like a little temple and mm -hmm. um you know i'm sure many people have deep experiences there right and it's interesting what she said which i think is the experience of many people who have a uh, uh who speak of having a sudden awakening uh, experience of awakening and that is you you need to see is it going to last uh, yeah. How do you digest it? Uh, how do you understand it? And then I think the next step, the final step is uh, uh, I'm going to teach others to uh, have that experience or move in that direction. And I, that, that step, I think, is the most difficult of all. And it also it often involves uh, finding a teacher. I think a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years have had an experience, spiritual experiences, I think probably both of us have had similar, similar issues or experiences like that, maybe not to that degree. And then uh, getting involved in a teaching uh, with a teacher yeah. and uh, having that experience that we had explained to us. And uh, there is some it doesn't change the experience, but in some ways you could argue it does. Because when you have an understanding of it, I think you're more open. And, and for instance, my, my own experience of. I I've had the experience of, uh, even before I ever started meditating years ago, of being awake in my sleep, let's say, with, with, mm -hmm. in the care movement they call witnessing and Wh sleep. And it was a very disturbing experience in some ways. And then was, what it was explained to me is that's a reasonable experience. And what it was, uh, then I, if I had that experience again, I would feel very uh, comfortable with it. Yeah. So, well, you're right. And, uh, you know, this business of integrating that experience uh, is into, you know, life in the world again, especially if that kind of non-dual experience that she described and others have described of of, of feeling mm -hmm. like, you know, the ego, the personality and all that's involved in uh what you thought was, uh, you know, the mechanisms for functioning in the world dissolve and you realize, you know, that's not who you are. And mm -hmm. you see the world in a totally different way. It could be very disorienting. And especially if you don't have a community or teachers that, you know, a framework for understanding it. And, and I've heard that a lot. Uh, I just, you know, in just my life, just uh, I never, I never had those kind of dramatic awakenings. But I changed 
inside when I began meditating and doing my spiritual practice. And I, I wanted to, you know, I couldn't do the things I used to do. They didn't make sense to me anymore. And so there was a period of adjustment. It wasn't that hard in my case, but in, in some people's cases, I, I, I see, you know, I've heard and read that it could be very disorienting. And how do you, you know, mm -hmm. how do you deal with it? And the understanding part, there were people, I remember people back in the 70s, there were people, well, a lot of it was people having spiritual breakthroughs uh, sudden with drugs. And, and of course, there was often side effects to that. But all, it could have been, you know, people just going off to India and being in an ashram for a while or suddenly, you know, uh, having a radical change of life and a breakthrough and then a difficulty adjusting. And there were, you know, psychotherapists, especially in the Bay Area, that uh, suddenly had to deal with uh, are, are, is so-and-so having uh, a breakdown? Is it a psychotic experience or is it a spiritual breakthrough? And, you know, the psychotherapists with a, a grounding in spiritual teachings were able to deal with people a, a, a lot more uh, sympathetically than the ordinary person who would hear an experience like witnessing, oh, I'm not really my body. They they would just think that you know somebody's nuts. Right, right. And there are many many stories of that of people explaining experience which can be understood as a spiritual experience, and the psychiatrist thinking you know uh, it was some form of psychosis. That's right. Or whatever like that, and, and creating great. I think today it's probably much less the case. It's uh, uh, psychiatry has changed a lot. It's moved yeah. away from Freudian uh, sort of psychoanalysis into other areas. A lot of it has to do with med medications and uh, uh, and uh, yeah. so but, so you know changing experience like that and, and also a greater familiarity with meditation, uh, with absolutely practices and yes and uh, but yeah so. Uh, yeah, interesting. Anyway, her story is fascinating. And, you know, well, let's uh, plug her book, which is why she was on the show. She has this new book called The Way of Grace, The Transforming Power of Ego Relaxation. Now, I haven't read it all, but judging from the contents, there's a lot of stuff. And, and um, one of the things I, I um, was impressed by is that she... Um, is very aware of the fact that um, people aren't their egos and aren't their personalities, and she's putting people in touch with, you know, the the true self and the, the usual, you know, sort of non-dual understanding. Um, but at the same time, she's aware that people have to have lives in the world and that it could be difficult uh, to to sort out the stuff of life and our emotions and our relationships and all that. And she's, so she's addressing them, not dismissing them or, uh, uh, you know, reducing their importance. Right. Uh, uh, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around uh, the uh, experiences and explanations of non-dual teachers. Maybe I've had some of those experiences, but it's still... Uh, it's uh, I, I still have a difficult time with that, uh, but and I'm sure there are listeners who are out there saying, "Well, I could explain it to you clearly." Please email us. Let us know. <laughs> I'm open. I'm always wanting well, to learn. Well, we've had uh, some of those we've teachers had many, on. Many, 
yeah, Judy so. could get many uh, who who uh, uh, who get into that in detail. Well, maybe next lifetime, Dennis. You there you go. Hey, you know what it is? It's uh, you know what they say. Um, I don't, but I'm sure you do. And, uh, <laughs> but the quote yeah. of the day was from uh, was it Mel Brooks? Yes. Yeah, he's loaded with great quotes. So. <laughs> if only we could have him on. Uh, all right. Until next time, and for those of you listening out there, you know, um, any advice or feedback you could give us, suggestions for guests, we're always open. We have a lot of great shows coming up. And, and as we always mention, Phil and I are looking for some way to stay on the air. And uh, there you go. So uh, any okay. advice, help in that area would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Dennis. See you next time. Next time.